At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. And we're back. How we doing, Anna? Well, Todd, things are heating up. Ooh, yes, Nelson with the jalapeno poppers. Incredible. Ramirez comes in hot with a cheeseburger, patty, lettuce, tomatoes. Beautiful formation. Is he? <gasps> He's going for it. Ramirez grabs the Duke's mayo. <laughs> Look at it go. Let's wang. Anna, this is the best tailgate I've ever commentated on. Tailgate with Wang. Get the official mayo of the tailgate. Duke's mayo today. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Custard TV Podcast, hello, editor and runner of the website, thecustardtv.com. Luke here with you, alongside faithful podcast companion, Matt in the North. I feel like we gave the listeners a musical education last week with our Jocelyn Brown retrospective. We should do a podcast where we sort of go single by single through the Now albums. The week before, Now 99 was out. I'm a bit worried what will happen at Now 100. I think it should actually stop after Now 100, because the charts are weird now anyway. If you would like us to talk about each Now album, yeah. track by track. Now that's what I call a podcast. I feel yeah. like somebody's already done, must have done that already. Well, if they yeah. haven't, shall we start? Yeah, I mean, it's fairly easy, we could do it. Did you get your lint bunny for Easter? Yes, I haven't eaten it yet, but it is, it's sitting in my cupboard. When you reach 34, you don't really expect eggs. But you're secretly disappointed if you don't get any, or or at least this this 34-year-old is. So I had a few that I was quite lucky to get. I had a Kit Kat egg, Ferrero Rocher, which is massive, which I just keep looking at and ignoring because I'm going to get to it at some point. But I started just softly with Maltesers, just to break me into remembering what an Easter egg is. And yeah, it's a pleasant experience. And it's a shame Easter only pops round once a year, but I've got a few to keep me going. Unless they, they decide to do Easter 2. I think it should have some sort of religious angle to it, Easter 2. Well, Easter, yeah, me yeah. too, yeah. Luke, Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So we've got a ton of shows to get through. Let's not waste any time. Let's talk the US stuff as we go west. The Americans has had a, a rough ride on UK broadcast TV. It began its life over here on Saturday nights on ITV. Um, on main ITV, actually. Then they moved it around during that run till later and later on the Saturday. They stuck mm. with it for the second series, but then moved it to Encore for uh, Series 3 and 4 and 5. And now Series 6, now that Encore is is just around the corner from Encore's closure, somebody on Twitter got in touch with me to say, Luke, you didn't include it in the recent TV week. 
I'm like, mm. well, I couldn't find it anywhere. It's on ITV4. Wednesday nights at 9 on ITV4. ITV Encore is closing, but mm. it's not closed yet. So you think they'd just stick it on there till it closed. But no, yeah. it's on ITV4. I, w- I, I think that's a good thing because ITV4 is a is a free view channel, so everyone can yeah, watch it. Everyone can see it. Okay, so the Americans is back for ten final episodes. This is the sixth and final series of the show that began life in 2013. If you're completely new to it, then it's the story of two Russian spies and their children living in suburban America. They happen to be living next door to FBI agent Stan Beeman. Played by the brilliant Noah Emmerich. Across the, across the road. He's so pedantic. No one else would have said that. I won't even edit it out because you're right, but it still annoys me. So they live across the street Thank from you. FBI agent Stan Beeman. So youngest daughter Paige, over the course of the series, she's had a really interesting arc. But when we meet them again here, she's been slowly... After last series being more intrigued by what yeah. her parents doing and in on the act, she is now part of uh, what they do to an extent. Philip, husband of the family, uh, left his work as a spy at the end of the last series and he is running their fictional or somewhat fictional uh, mm. travel agency. Because Paige is at college now as well, so she's obviously been sort of integrated into that system over the last three years and Philip obviously being out of it now has sort of grown the travel agency business. It means of course that Elizabeth who was always the more passionate of the two uh, is is becoming more haggard and more weighed down uh, by doing the work of two people on her own as well. And the... so there's some strains in the marriage because although there was always some separation there and they couldn't always discuss things together now she's living an entirely sort of secret life and going about it the best she can solo i suppose the other thing to say is that the political climate has changed in the last three years and russia has become a lot more westernized than it was mm. in yeah. 84 i think the last if we've jumped yeah. three years and we've got Oleg coming back to America from from Russia. He's got a young son now. Stan is still with Renee. Uh, we still don't know if she's dodgy or not. Um, a, there was a, a very interesting brief scene where Elizabeth's doing the washing up at Stan's house and uh, Renee's having a conversation with the wife of the other policeman that Stan works closely F- with. FBI agent uh, De- Dennis, yeah. Name and is. they talk about the fact that they're still on the hunt for this couple who mm. they're aware of. I don't think they've actually mentioned them looking for this couple uh, since maybe the third series. Well, this is but, the yeah. only th- the only thing that they're still working on together, apparently. Yeah, so the thing uh, that's, that's keeping them together as a as a duo. Philip is enjoying running his travel agency. He's taking up line dancing, but towards the end of this episode. He's drawn back in uh, when he wants to discuss something with with Elizabeth that Oleg has has talked to him about. And there's just a lot of tension between the pair. Elizabeth is, is, you know, starved of sleep. She's exhausted. As I said, she's taken on the work of the two of them. Undercover, she's... um... Like, she's pretending to be the nurse of, like, the dying wife of someone who's like in the negotiating team for the 
some sort of weapons negotiations is it with the with the USSR between the US the, the and the, re- the US reason and Matt is, the reason is Matt is struggling is not because memory but what I always forget is the Americans doesn't explain everything to you to begin with at all you just have to go with because it puts and, you in the middle of yeah. the missions doesn't it like the yeah. stuff with Juan in the last season you had to sort of work out for yourself what they were doing why they had this Korean child all of a sudden plus um, I was the, the first minute and a half I did I was watching but I was also singing aloud to Don't Dream It's Over by Crowley reasons yeah. with it but then you got back to the old favourites like um, a bit of Peter Gabriel a bit of Fleetwood Mac can you Matt. imagine the money that Peter Gabriel must earn from this show alone. <laughs> he well, he wrote a song else. for it, didn't he, at one point? I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah. there was an original song that he wrote, I think, around season three. But yeah, there's, they've said, oh, yeah. Peter, we've, we're using your music yeah. quite a lot. They used... We've run out of spooky Peter Gabriel songs. Will you please write us another one? No. What year was Sledgehammer? 86. They just missed that. Oh. No, they could well, they could use, use it. it. Yeah. But anyway, we're, talk, we're talking about music. We digressed. <laughs> we digressed. We've had six series of it. We know the score by now. But I just found that the time, I think it was about 52 minutes without the ads. And it just whizzed by for me. I was never bored. I was always, you know, aside from Crowded House, I was always engaged with it. <laughs> and I just, I just find it an immensely confident show that knows exactly where it's going even if we don't i just enjoy spending time with those people because we're six series in we've got the connection we've got you know who they were and who they are now and i found it really engaging and i can't wait every week now this is a highlight for me and i don't want it to end because it's one of those those shows that every year i look forward to but at the same instance if it's going to end and it's going to end well, which I'm sure it is, I can't wait to see what the end game is. It's one of those you just sort of relax into and yeah, you just sort of go really with is. it. And lack of exposition is is one of the things that it's got going for. You know, you just they've been doing this for a while. You just have to go with it and sort of read between the lines as you go on. And and I still can't decide whether I want a big showdown between mm. the Beemans and the Jennings. Or whether, because in normal life you'd imagine that all these Russian spies did their thing and nobody was any other wiser. That's what the whole show is about. So they might just, you know, never let on to the Beemans or to stand who they really are. But I would be a tiny bit disappointed at that because you don't stick them across the road from an FBI agent yeah. for, for that long for it not to pay off. Because I want stand to have that moment of realisation of these people are yeah. friends, these people I've, I've almost brought their children up alongside mine and I can see a situation where Stan helps them escape or something, I can see that. And and I think the other interesting thing is what it's building up to is the summit between Reagan and, and Gorbachev it's like nine weeks before that summit and there's people who are sort of anti-Gorbachev and, and there's the general who wants to launch this doomsday device so there is a sort of ticking clock element to this season in so much as they're building up to this summit so and i think that's why um joe weisberg wanted to sort of jump do the jump and i suppose it allows to tell more story as well doesn't it you know work out what's gone in on in the interim time that's Mm. sort of passed and stuff i just think matthew reese and kerry russell Mm -hmm. are are brilliant i hope that they don't separate them too much because them together are, you know, as a as a pair, 
are just really, really engaging on screen. So The Americans is getting a UK airing. In fact, by the time this podcast has gone out, uh, you will have missed the first one, and that is completely my fault for not alerting you. But you might, it might be on the hub. It's had a checkered past on ITV, but I'm glad through whatever channels, literally, they've managed to keep it on ITV or some form of ITV uh, for the entire series run. Next up, then, is a comedy that uh, returned to viewing figures that uh, I think the BBC were hoping the Generation Game might get. Over 20 million people uh, watched the return of Roseanne on ABC. Of course, this is partly nostalgia. It's partly curiosity to see how they open the first episode after that bizarre ninth series where John Goodman was dead and she did not won the lottery and Roseanne had written a book. They've already confirmed that on top of the 10 episodes they planned for this series, there will be another one in September as well. So those sort of figures you can't blame ABC for grabbing hold of and sticking with Roseanne. In the history of television... No family was quite like the Connors. Are you ever sorry we got married? Every second of my life. Nothing has changed. I thought you were dead. Why does everybody always think I'm dead? The family that looks like us. What are you doing with my pictures? I'm getting rid of the ones where you guys were fat. Those are the only ones where we look happy. Lives like us. Can I have some money? I don't know. Mom, can I have some money? I don't know. Can I have some money? And laughs. <laughs> like no one else. Uh, classics really do hold up. I remember it being quite an inventive series. I think they did yeah. do some sort of fantasy episodes and stuff like oh, that. It was quite yeah. controversial. You know, they didn't shy away from talking about sort no. of sensitive subjects and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I never really rated Roseanne Barr as an actress, but I think no. she was a good I writer think... on it. She was surrounded by a good sort of central cast. Even as a young kid when we would watch this on, I don't know, Channel, Channel 4 here and then... I think I must have watched it on TBS or something in the States. I knew Laurie Metcalf was a real talent. And, uh, you know, she she's somebody who, who really lifts it whenever she turns up. Sarah Gilbert's very good as well. And this reunion came about because Sarah Gilbert is now on a talk show called The Talk in the States. And uh, Sarah did a sketch with John Goodman. And uh, it did really well. And she... Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal pitched to ABC the idea of bringing Roseanne back. We are living in an age, of course, where the US and the UK, to an extent, are rebooting uh, favourites from the past. Mm. The premise of this first uh, first episode was that Jackie and Roseanne had had a falling out, which transpired to be about uh, Roseanne's voting for Trump and being all for Trump as the real-life Roseanne Barr is herself. Uh, Sarah Gilbert's character Darlene is back 
with her young son and teenage daughter uh, to look after uh, Roseanne and Dan in their later played years. Played by like, um, the daughter's Goodman. played by. No, I was going to say the daughter is played by Emma Kenny, who was in the American Shameless. Playing the Debbie character. Yeah, Debbie. The, that's it. Yeah, I couldn't the, remember the name. The US. Her son Michael, or is it Michael? Mark. It's Mark. Uh, I think the the term is gender fluid. Yes. Okay. So that's something that Roseanne is on board with. But um, John Goodman is not so keen on. Um, and then the third story Becky. is that Becky, the older daughter, ha- is is going to donate her eggs and be a surrogate for a woman of the same age who wants to have a baby. That woman being Sarah Chalk, who played Becky in the later series Mind of blowing. Roseanne. Which I thought was a clever way mm, of, of bringing them in. back together. I did think that was clever because it had been rumoured that literally everyone was coming back and I was interested and intrigued to see how they would get round that. There were some laughs in this. I did, I did enjoy it. Two ep- episodes aired in the States on ABC on the same night and I did say to Matt, we can watch both if, if you want to. In the end, I just felt compelled just to watch that one. I didn't feel... Like I wanted to continue. I had seen a lot of trailers for this just on YouTube. And as is often the case, a lot of the best gags or memorable bits from it were scattered among those trailers. But on the whole, I I feel like this was focused a lot on what America is like today. And that is in a way harder for a UK audience to relate to mm. uh, with all the Trump and Hillary But then stuff. I think it always was about that to an extent. Yeah, no, it always was. Roseanne came roaring back Tuesday night. Over 18 million viewers tuned in, making it the most watched sitcom in almost four years. Yes. What do you think it was? I think it's the same thing that resonated the first time around, which was Roseanne was one of the only shows on the on the air at that time that didn't polish everything to make it look perfectly played out. Yeah. Like, it felt a little rough around the edges and a little more real. Mm-hmm. And I think they're continuing that with their same edgy sarcasm. And well, yeah. That's but, what families deal with. But they plugged into what's going on in the country right now, which is that in families, when you're a Trump voter versus a Trump hater, there's a lot of friction mm-hmm. and a lot of fights within the family. There might be separate Thanksgivings. And that's yeah. what... Yeah, and that's what... The, <laughs> show was about and it it caused an uproar in the ratings and you know and he called Roseanne to congratulate her because you know he's a ratings whore you know that <laughs> he loves ratings, he knows ratings. Yeah. yeah we do too you know he may be lousy for women immigrants and the economy maybe we'll see but he's he's really good for tv i think the performances from john goodman laurie metcalf sarah gilbert are all very good but it does feel like now these rebooted sitcoms have to go Yes, it's it's like you know it's 2017, 2018. Now we're we're in the midst of we're Trump because because yeah. Will and Grace did the exact same thing. Their first episode was literally they went to the White House in the first episode. Yeah. I don't think I would watch this even if it did sort of come over here at no, some point. I don't think I would either. You no, know, but as you say, it is a very sort of American centric show on the whole. I did like the Sarah Chalk thing as well. I associate her more with playing Becky than. The other actress. As far as reboots go, it was perhaps one of the better ones. Yeah, in defense. I do find the inevitable sort of winks to the camera and winks to the past slightly annoying. Well, yeah, I I mean, there's that thing where 
they're in the garage and they find that manuscript that was like the, the I'd last rather season. they didn't mention those uh, things, and it's and in there's that thing about oh you killed off the but you know this didn't wasn't successful because you killed off the best character sort of thing yeah, essentially so in a line under the the Dan death no word on whether this will get a UK broadcaster I'm sure it will whether it will be a terrestrial channel maybe channel 5 have I think five might. I think five will pick it up. I feel like the reason Channel Four didn't go with Will and Grace is because they've moved in a different direction as a channel, and just felt like Will and Grace didn't fit. And I don't think they'll think this fits either anymore. But yeah, I could see it on Five or Five USA. You know, just after a Jane McDonald, you know, singing special. Jane McDonald and Friends, is it? Or yeah. Cruising with Jane McDonald? Or... Yeah, one of the Jane McDonald trios. Celebrity Five go barging. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good to the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. And with that, we head back to the UK uh, for UK-based reviews. Uh. What do we want? Do we want to start on? Do we want to build up to I, like I don't, a high? I don't or... know. I don't know. Well, should we get out of the way? The city and the city and the, and the city and the city and the city. It's basically a sort of parable for the Israeli-Palestine conflict, but done in sort of a futuristic thing with David David Morrissey. Okay. What's it? Friday night. <laughs> it's a ta- it's a it's a sort of tale of two cities thing. He's a David Williams plays a police detective. David Williams. David Williams. That would have been better. <laughs> David Morrissey. <laughs> a, a woman has died in his part of the city. This woman is found in sort of the border of these two cities. David Williams is this sort no! of. No. David. Wall- why do I keep saying David Williams? I have no idea. You've I'll tell you problem. why. Because there's an advert here for JD Williams, and I keep saying <laughs> David right. Morrissey. He's basically a stereotypical cop. He's his wife went missing, but he's still seeing visions of her. This American woman turns up uh, on the border of these two cities. It's under his jurisdiction, but she went to the uni in the other city, Alcoma, where they speak a different language. Because, like in his city, they'll speak English, but they speak a different language in Alcoma. And he's accompanied by a very foul-mouthed. Uh, partner Mandeep Dillon, um, who is wearing like a sort of old school police uniform with complete with like the, the pullover, but just keeps swearing like a sailor on leave the entire time. Once you sort of boil everything, you know, you strip away all the sort of futuristic sets and the language barriers and stuff, it is just a basic sort of police procedural, really, with this sort of mismatched cop partnership. This haunted detective played by David Morrissey. <laughs> it is based on a novel, and it feels like again, like it's a novel that shouldn't have been adapted. Really, it feels like it works better. It would work better on the page than the, than it does on the screen. The characters aren't is- interesting. The plot isn't interesting. I didn't really care about the sort of the separation of these two towns. Um, anything <sighs> to add? Well, I, you know I've I've been very, um, some would say mean, about the BBC's drama output uh, of late, certainly latter end of last year and the majority of this year. But this, I mean, this was on another 
I was going to say another planet. It was sort of sci-fi. This was on another league altogether. I was literally banging my head against the desk at points. You missed out the fact that that it has one of my most annoying things in the TV drama where, as if David Morrissey isn't already an annoying presence on screen in this, he's also narrating parts of it occasionally. Mm, and yeah. He does it, takes it very seriously and it just... Oh, it just... I found it absolutely... Because, again, it's, it's a way to deal with the exposition. Yeah, and it's yeah. only occasionally when they feel, oh, we can't explain this bit that was in the book. We'll have to get a narration. We just have in. to get him yeah. to do it. This was insufferable. This took itself far too seriously. There was nobody to hang your hat on. I just wanted it to end uh, from basically five minutes in. I was like, why are we watching this? I want it to end. I don't want to be watching this. The BBC, I don't think, has got much faith in this too because it's BBC Two, this, not BBC One, and it's Friday nights. It just feels like something they optioned the book for and then realised it was harder than they thought to adapt it and... Uh, yeah, and, just and it's going very... all on the iPlayer, which mm. I never yep. know what to make of that. Whether mm. they think that's a good thing or a bad thing, but but yeah. So it, I, I mean, maybe if you're looking for something really experimental, and 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 I know I like things in a certain way, but I think my love for things like Life of Mars and and less so with Survivors proves that I can be taken out of my. And the human, humans, comfort. the first yeah. series of humans oh, yeah, yeah, you really like. Se- and even Utopia as well. Mm. I can be taken out of my quote-unquote comfort zone mm. if the world that is presented to me is completely engaging. The Leftovers, which I know Matt has not seen that Gary and I liked, is completely bonkers at times. But it, it, it revels in it and, it and it never takes itself too seriously and you have that relationship with the characters that you care about. This is just bonkers for bonkers' sake and tries to wrap itself up as this really gritty crime drama when really it's just terrible. Something else that was experimental which aired on Monday night was Kiss Me First. This has more of a budget, first of all, I think. Um, it's, it's, a part, it's sort of a dual production with Channel 4 and Netflix, I believe. It's an adaptation of, of, a, of a YA novel basically and it's uh being created for the screen by brian elsley who um co-created skins focuses on layla it starts with the death of her mother learn she hasn't got any sort of real friends she lives in she spends most of her time playing this um uh what was she like is it a ai game there's a certain um an online role-playing game. She she spends most of her time on this. It's called Agora. Half of the series is sort of set in this world, so it's sort of Avatar-style animation. You see Layla through her um, avatar. The first episode sort of sees her discover this sort of rogue group who use the game, who describe themselves as red pill and i felt really old when she had to google what red pill meant oh. about the matrix and it's like but the matrix is a modern film oh no it was 19 years ago <laughs> she is struggling for money following her mum's death she has to work as a sort of waitress type cleaner in a local cafe and has to rent her mum's old bedroom out to this welsh jobbing actor and by and by, she sort of meets in the flesh the girl who she's, she's sort of been following, 
her avatar name Mania. We learn she's ta- she's called Tess. And the last section of it is her sort of meeting the sort of the Red Pill gang and sort of going undercover as Mania while she's at Tessie as she's staying over at Tessie's house. Luke, now you were saying about being out of your comfort zone. This was completely yeah. out of your comfort zone. This so. was out of my comfort zone, yeah. If we hadn't have been talking about the city and the city just, uh, I would have said this was bad. But there's bad and then there's the city and the city <laughs> in my view. This wasn't for me. I can appreciate the um, the ambition behind it. I didn't get enough time in her in her own world to then care about her in the virtual reality world it was almost as if they'd said well we've we're spending all this money on this vr stuff and we want be and we've built it as that we've got to get there straight away so we didn't even get any time with her mum before she died we didn't know much about her and i just found a lot of the dialogue quite clunkily a lot of the acting wasn't that interesting to me and i i didn't have any desire by the time it ended to seek out episode two which would be on next monday it just just wasn't for me and i can i can completely see that it was ambitious something we've certainly never seen in tv drama before and they should perhaps be here in key west we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself make new friends and savor our live and let live vibe with lgbtq plus friendly accommodations our legendary nightlife and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Ended for that, but it it just didn't have in any of the ingredients I look for in something that's going to keep me coming back for more. I don't think there was enough in this for us. As you said, we're not sort of the target audience. I would praise Tallulah Haddon. I thought she was excellent as Layla. I found her compelling as a character when we saw her in the in the sort of normal world. But my issues were similar to yours in that I would have liked to have seen more of her. I didn't sort of believe if they're going to be doing a romance between Layla and Tess. There wasn't a lot of chemistry mm. there. Um, all, all the dialogue was very clunky. Yeah. And it was quite um, empty, almost, of any sort yeah, of life. Yeah, it felt life. soulless. It felt soulless, yeah. didn't the it? The only Did... sort of sort of character was the um, the roommate, the the, the Welsh I felt roommate. Like he was, I felt like he was just there, though, rather yeah. than being, you know... He was just, just sort of popped in to, to be the comic relief, really, didn't he? I can't even remember. Was it Jaunty or something there? He, I mean... The whole thing, due to the whole VR thing, it was all very colourful and very bright. Mm. And the show itself was anything but colourful and bright. It was dull. I did struggle with it because it just it wasn't engaging at all. I, I agree that it feels like, oh, we spent so much money on this virtual world. We need to sort of catapult you in quick. there straight away. I could see the parallels, not the parallels, but the fact that this had a skin's style element to it through 
the character of, of Layla. You could see her being in skins, but the, mm. the whole sort of virtual world I really I didn't get on board with either. Okay, so kiss me first. Ambitious, but ultimately a bit lifeless. Mondays at 10 on Channel 4. Let's talk about this on previous podcasts. This is the third of the brilliant adaptations of Agatha Christie stories from the equally brilliant Sarah Phelps. Uh, she's done two and then there were none uh, and witness for the prosecution. This was slated, this ordeal by innocence, for Christmas just gone. But after one of the actors, Ed, Whis- Ed Westwick, which is harder to say than you'd first imagined... Uh, was abroad in the um, the sex scandals and things and was subsequently dropped by the BBC. They obviously dropped this and I was concerned that we may have seen the last of it, but no, they cleverly, really cleverly as it turns out, reshot his scenes uh, played by a new actor called Christian Cook. Uh, so the first episode of the three went out on Easter Sunday. Traditionally, these Christie adaptations have gone out what they call strips, so over three nights or two nights or whatever. For me, it would have been beneficial to have this on Easter Monday because I was watching it with the folks and it did take a while to just piece together who everybody was, Mm. their connection to everybody. Uh, It's about the death of Anna Chancellor's character. She's the mother who couldn't have any children of her own and so adopted a load of random children, it would seem, and homeschooled them and... It, as the show progressed, you saw that their beloved life was actually anything but, and that uh, Anna Chancellor had sort of an evil streak and was hated. hated She's abu- abusive, children. basically, she was, wasn't mm. she? She was abusive to the yeah. children. There was a scene where, was it the, the Christian Cook character who yeah. couldn't say butter? Yeah. Butter, just kept saying butter. Like butter. if Gary was here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so she sort of went at him with a compass, basically. Yeah, should have been um, a butter knife, but I understood the idea behind it. <laughs> Although this life initially uh, presented to us was idyllic, actually she didn't like any of the children, and the children had reasons uh, to see her dead. And it began with her brutally murdered in one of the massive rooms of their house, and the the son. Um, Jack is the Jack. name of the son. Anthony Boyle is the actor who's also yeah. playing Chris Reckleston's son in Come Home. He is convicted of her murder. All, his fingerprints are all over her body and the murder weapon. And it, it, within the first few moments, he is convicted of the murder. Bill Nye, who is her husband, is speaking to him in prison saying, well, you, why can't you just be honest? You did it. He's saying, I didn't. There's a man in striped pyjamas in a car that you need to speak to because he can give me an alibi. I was nowhere near mum at the time. It then transpires that he has an injury in prison, we are told, and then we see his his uh, body in the coffin in the living room with the family gathered around. 
And then 18 months go by, and Bill Nye's character is remarrying uh, a woman played by the brilliant Alice Eve here, who, again, the children are taking against, not just because they don't like her, but because they feel that Bill Nye is moving on too soon. And I did hear an interview on the radio with Sarah Phelps saying, of all the um, Christie novels, this was the hardest to adapt. Um, And I've not done a great job there of summing it up. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say in your summing up is that um, Jack, the the accused, always protested his innocence, and his his alibi was that he got, he'd picked up Someone in, in his car, pajama. yeah, or, or someone and, had picked him up. It was the other yeah. way around, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he asked somebody up. for a lift. They picked yeah. him up, and they dropped. They asked for the time, and it was just after the mother had been killed. So he nine did. o'clock. And, asked him for the and, time, and this yeah. person turns up on the wedding day of Bill Nye yeah. and Alice Eve. They'd had people, yeah, turn up before, so yeah. they were kind of sort Get of shooing him away and saying that this. You're not even matching the description that Jack gave, so don't even, um, you know, try and fool us. We've been down this road many a time. Luke Treadaway, the doctor, basically comes and says, you know, I've been on this research mission in In the the Arctic. Arctic, But then later on, it turns out that he might have been in prison or something like that. So there's there's more to that character than meets the Mm -hmm. eye. But as you say, at the end, it's sort of like the flashback to the day that, that um, Alan Chancellor dies and you hear the screams from Morgan Christie, who I thought was excellent in this as the, as the yeah. cook in this. And um, you see basically everyone sort of covered in blood or running away. And, you know, there's so many different suspects. And yeah. we are led to believe that Jack is was innocent and someone yeah. else did commit the murder. I also would like to say that I've never been a massive Christie fan. I'm not one that like Miss Marple or Poirot or anything like that. Uh, but what I would say is that these adaptations appeal to me so much because Sarah Phelps creates such an atmosphere in those scripts and the direction is always so good. I don't know how you watch this, but on my TV downstairs, this looks stu- I mean, it looked absolutely stunning. It was really, really stunningly shot it looked all the colors were very vibrant and and although it wasn't an easy watch to begin with i just found myself becoming more and more drawn in more and more intrigued by the connections within the family and how that everybody had something to gain perhaps from anna chancellor's character being dead and i literally cannot wait to see the next one which i could preview but i just want to watch on TV on Sunday night. I thought this was absolutely triumphant, actually. I really, really enjoyed this. I don't feel that there was any characters that I sort of sympathised with. I I, I liked the performances. The story was well told, but I I didn't have a massively good impression of it. It's probably the best drama that I've watched that we're talking about, uh, in the review section anyway. Um, But I... That's not that's sort of damning with faint praise, really, seeing as what else we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will, what, I will, I will carry on watching it. Yeah, definitely. I, I do feel like it had a momentum going throughout that will that will be somewhat lost when you come back to it mm. the following week. Um, but yeah, I, I don't need to say again. I really enjoyed it, and and you know, I've not been a fan of the majority of the BBC drama output of late. 
So for me to really enjoy a rare, it, a rare treat for you. A rare treat. And now onto something I loathe. So the generation game. I put this on the watch live on iPlayer. I was about sort of maybe 15 minutes behind, so I I sort of was whizzing past bits of it. So I think I might have a better impression of it than you who sat through it. Yeah, I'm guessing the entire it. hour. Yeah, I watched with it other, it was... probably with other people criticizing yeah. it as well. Yeah, I mean, by the end, I thought it was one of the worst things I'd seen this year. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, mind I... it. it. It was the same format, you know. You've got two sets of families playing against each other. Various tasks that are, I mean, the tasks were very similar. The the games were yeah. very similar to, yeah. The, yeah, to yeah. the old one. You know, the pottery wheels, the making mm. sausages, the sort of the skits at the end. They had the conveyor belts. Um, and yeah, I, I, did, just, I, did, I did. I have to say, honest cards on the table, as you always say. I didn't mind it. It was what the generation game was. It was okay, but it lacked any of the charm of the original. It was, this was sort of came across as everybody was trying a little too hard, and it was forced fun. It was just lacking in any sort of charm, and just felt thrown together. They had Richard Osman and Lorraine. I, I agree with. No there was reason. no point of having them on there. I agree with that. But I, I, I think it was very. It got, by the time it got to bloody Martin Kemp mm. and all the and Basil Brush and Gemma Collins and Arge turning up for no reason other than. Oh look, it's Gemma Collins and Arge from the Only Ways Essex. I thought it was uh, so hackneyed and so forced, and the the laughter from the studio audience yeah, was that, almost unbearable. That was it forced. Was, that was canned. That was yeah. comparatively to stuff like Prized Apart and The Getaway Driver and wedding day winners and things like that Even, i would and, say this is an improvement on all of those i yeah, would say I've, this is one of the better game shows that the bbc has got on and but all of the bbc game shows at this point have got that sense of force fun and i think you're right to an extent that it did have this but i think people nowadays are a lot more self-conscious than they would have been when the generation game was on before and i don't know if that is a fault of the show or, the, I, I or like, how we feel now in 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 yeah. this decade. It was bizarre to have Lorraine Kelly and Richard Osman mm. there to give comment. Why? Why? I don't understand. I don't think anybody understands that. No. It meant that Sue and Mel and Sue had shorter times with the contestants, so they yeah. couldn't build a rapport. It meant that the games were shorter. It just meant that... But I don't think the games were any shorter than they were back in the but, day. But something was seriously lacking, and I wonder whether having them go, going over to... Because this yeah. generation has to have a judging panel. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise... I mean, I think they always had, like, you know, when they had Johnny Vegas with the pottery and okay, they had I, I get the guy, that, they that always made, had someone sense. judging it like that. Yeah, they always had that. that. But, I, but I agree with you that I don't understand why... Lorraine Kelly and that a lot were there. The stuff with the only ways Essex and with Martin Kemp that didn't bother me as much as it seemed to have bothered other people because they always had like minor celebrities of the time appearing to do these skits on the original yeah. Generation game. And our minor celebrities now are people from Towie and you like your Martin Kemp's yeah. and people I like that. I just, it could have been mm. done. It felt rushed. And, and it I could think have been done a lot better. I don't know why I've started defending this, but I no, just feel don't, like don't. it's annoying me. That you're yeah, I feel I just 
I didn't watch this in real time, so maybe I've got a bit of a skewed opinion of it. They shouldn't have brought this back to begin with. I think it was always going to fail because people are going to compare it to the original, which I don't think you can do in this day and age. But I would say comparing it to the game shows that the BBC normally puts on now, aside for, I mean, I would say like Pointless and things like that, which are more quiz shows than game shows. The actual game shows, this was a step up for me. That's That's just me. I just thought it was horrendous. And on Saturday night, for the first time in history, uh, Declan Donnelly was forced to present Saturday Night Takeaway solo. All eyes were on poor Declan Donnelly as he got to the stage quite sullen. And it did, I have to say, I did enjoy the show because it's a, it's a well-put-together, easy-to-watch, non-offensive, fun bit of fluff for Saturday night. And you can tell that everyone who works on it both in front of and behind the camera has a real love for what they're doing and the show they're making. But it did feel really sad, especially when Deck came down the stairs originally to Paloma Faith singing her latest single. It was a lot more... Subdued? Subdued is a great word, yeah. It was a lot more subdued than normal. He didn't outwardly mention that Ant wasn't there, but little, little tiny jokes like... I do everything myself like I have been doing this week or when he spoke to the contestant and asked her how well she'd been paying attention to this week's news. He said for some of us it's been avoidable. So there were little nods to um, to the fact that he was missing Ant and that Ant wasn't there. But it was never overtly mentioned that... No, that I think it should have been really. No, no, everybody knows. Just like we said at the top, everybody knows. And it's not the right platform to have a big discussion about that really i mean it, it was a perfectly acceptable yeah. hour and a half of saturday night tv um and it, it did have a tinge of sadness to it i think really. yeah and, and how it, do you think it, he'll handle the one next because it's florida next week isn't it well this is the reason why i think yes. if they hadn't have been given away as they call it on the show places on the plane and this big finale in florida which they did last year as well from disneyland this year it's from universal if they hadn't have been doing that i think they'd have just said well we'll leave the last two yeah because i agree well that's where they've actually he's actually come out and said just that he says people have gone have they had to do certain things to earn a spot or something like that so it would be unfair to these people like someone got a tattoo or something i mean i don't don't i don't watch it week to week you do so you know more than me but he said it would be unfair to all these people who have committed to doing something to go on this trip they haven't so much but they're nominated so like it's young children who've raised money for charities or you know, parents who've worked away who never get a family holiday so they get surprised and can go. And so it would be really unfair, wouldn't it, to just end their trip to Florida over something that, that no one has any control over. But it's going to be interesting, but that will be... And I would like to say again. that, obviously, you know, us Donnellys do step up and basically sort of run these shows. You know, we're the reliable hands. We're on hand every week to sort of steer the ship. So I had no... Mm. Surprised that Deck, like a proper Donnelly, got got on with it and and did his job. Because let's be honest, I sort of you know run this miss, show most, yeah. most. I do think Deck proved himself as I as I suspected mm. he would as just a comp- really competent TV presenter. Mm. And I I don't know it, it was odd, but it wasn't 
you know, as odd as, as you jarring as you thought it would be. No, no. Not and having I think, answers. I think Deck is such a likable personality that you're just sort of willing to mm-hmm. for him to do well and and enjoy whatever they put together on that show. It is a perfectly enjoyable, acceptable Saturday night program, and it's a shame if it ends and, after Florida uh, for whatever Sorry to reason. put you off, but I think part of the reason that Generation Game got so slated is that Anton Deck do it so well on a regular basis. I think they, I mean, their, they their so format is the sort of format that other, that sort of other modern entertainment sort of Saturday night shows are judged against now, whether fairly or not, and I don't think BBC have ever been able to replicate something like this. Do we want Saturday Night Takeaway without Anton Deck or just Deck? I don't know. I don't think we want these shows without certainly the the other shows that they do. Certainly not, you know, I'm a celeb, I couldn't see anyone else doing yeah. that. Um, I'm a celeb it, will it, just become a bog standard celebrity the, show if they but don't. But I do couldn't it. see Deck doing that on his own. Have they taped all of Britain's Got Talent all already? The, all the auditions yeah. are done. Yeah, mm. they're all done. So, I mean, in theory, he could make it back for the live shows. At, like That's usually the end of May. So, yeah. in theory, and I think he would get a, a really good reaction from the live crowd. I think, mm. you know, all eyes would be on him from, like, a critical standpoint. But in the arena and, like, the judges and all that, I think would give him a massive round of applause. Again, otherwise, I think Deck could probably handle that on his own. I think... I'm a celeb. They would struggle because of the studio setting, because and of the the back and forth. I'm yeah. Well, Whereas, like you know, he's got the judges to play off there, hasn't he? And the contestants yeah. on the live show. So, if I think he would prefer to have Ant with him, and I think everyone would prefer Ant to be in good health. But at the same time, if he doesn't feel up to it, I don't think he should rush back. No. I think Maybe. I think Deck, as we've seen here. It probably would handle it easier than he would takeaway because takeaway there's a lot of running around and different bits to do. BGT it's literally just standing, coming on after the contestants, doing a bit with the judges and things like that. And I think they uh, and if needs be again they've got Stephen Mulhern lurking around the corner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pick of the week then. This is a look at the shows that we think are worthy of your time this week. It's not. Great again, I will uh, warn you. There's not a ton uh, to. I'm going to go off off script here a little bit because something you haven't put on the TV week. I only know about this because it's it's advertised on a billboard that I walk past every day on my way home. Something I'm sort of interested in. It was something we talked about. I don't know what this is. It's something we talked about when we previewed like the big sort of network shows. Over the summer, it's a new medical drama, The Resident, coming to the Universal Channel uh, next ah. Tuesday. Um, and that is um, the Matt Kruskri... Yeah. Sucri? Matt Sucri. Carrie from The Good Wife. Yeah. And also yeah. Emily Van Camp. I mean, we, we're, both me and you are big ER fans. No, no medical drama, I think, has sort of matched that yet, so I'd be interested to see how this does. we both big fans of that actor from The Good yeah. Wife. So, and I do like Emily Van Camp as well. I mean, I remember her from a show years ago called Everwood and she did that really campy revenge show for years as well. Mm-hmm. So cool. so that's my one, which we'll try and find a copy of to watch. And I've just got some, some continuing ones yeah. that might be worth your time. 
the final episode of this country, which we'll be discussing uh, for those who are supporting us on Patreon uh, in the latest edition of our Extra Helpings. That is fantastic, and it is on BBC One next Tuesday at 10.35. Also, the aforementioned The Americans is on Wednesdays at 9 on ITV4, only a week behind US transmission, and I am still enraptured by American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Wednesdays at 9 on BBC2. Not only am I watching that assassination crime story thing just religiously whenever I have spare moments, but I've even watched two documentaries on the real life story as well. <laughs> I just find it fascinating. I don't know why. I do really. I mean, as I say, I'm up to speed. We talked last week about up to number three. I'm I'm now up to number five, which is as far as BBC have got, where they've yeah. sort of looked into the other two murders. Yeah. The murders oh of Jeff God. and of. It just gets better. Is it better. David? David, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that murder of Jeff in the opening of episode four was just oh. like. Completely, it's so well sort of orchestrated and choreographed and everything, yeah. I mean, Tom Rob Smith does an excellent job on the script and the directors, I think, change round regularly and that episode specifically was so well directed. I mean, I've read other reviews describe it as almost sort of like Hitchcocky in the pace yeah, of it, you know, yeah, sort yeah. of paranoia. I'm up to the episode eight, there's nine in total, I'm up to episode eight and it's just... Episode eight is his origin story, so it's about him... When he was a young boy, and I'm loving it. It's like it's like American Crime Story meets the Wonder Years. It's, it's American Crime Story memento, really, isn't it? Because it keeps yeah, going but, in reverse. But that, even that usually yeah. is, it would be a bugbear for me, but I find it really. But it's because it's part of the plot structure, isn't it? It works, mm. and I it think it's a bigger. I don't. We we've launched into another review here, really. I love but, it so much. For me, what I like about it is that it's sort of the the undercurrent of it is about the perception of homosexuality in the mid to late 1990s that these men were sort of seduced by um andrew in a way jeff who was the naval officer and obviously there was all that stuff in the navy about the don't ask don't tell lee who was the long married industrialist who was a secret homosexual and you know andrew sort of preyed on him even the stuff with versace coming out as well it sort of mirrored that didn't it with the magazine interview with the uh, Antonio the Ricky Martin character mm. and I think Tom Rob Smith who is gay himself and Ryan Murphy is gay as well isn't he I mean the, yeah. the, the fact that he's sort of the two main voices in this are both gay men I think works in terms of this and it has got a lot more like to say about that sort of society and the way society treated homosexuality 20 years ago than the OJ thing did that. The OJ thing was very much just uh, this is what happened in the OJ case. This has got a lot more going for it in terms of layers. And I think that's why me and you both like it. And I see you were having some arguments on Twitter yesterday with people who were saying that the OJ one was a lot better than the Versace one. Yeah, I disagree, as you might know. Yeah, so um, do I. But, yeah. I so there you go. Uh, that is on Wednesdays at 9 on BBC2. I'm a bit obsessed, let's put it like that. If you'd like to support us and just help us do some things, there are some upcoming uh, events that Matt and I would like to attend that money's a bit tight. You know, we do this on the side of other things, or Matt certainly does, and so we haven't really got extra funds to 
to give this our complete all and if you'd like to support us and donate a tiny bit to go towards that then we'd be very grateful and to reward you and thank you for that we do have other podcasts on there and extra helpings where we discuss different shows that are on in greater depth that is patreon.com forward slash the custard tv matt and i speak often about what we discuss on twitter if you want to see that for yourself dead easy follow us uh, at matt's tv bites for matt at luke custard tv and we should mention as well that gary who's normally with us is at the gary show if you want to follow him and see what he's up to as well facebook.com forward slash the custard tv and a review or two on itunes would help us raise up the podcast charts if you could be so kind just write a few kind words it takes no time at all um itunes search the custard tv.com also matt very diligently stuck all of our latest reviews so we've got all of them going back to 2013 now yeah end of 2013 yeah if you give us a, a subscribe on there and a couple of likes that would be much appreciated and unlike the patreon that doesn't cost anything but it does help us sort of the profile again of the site and you know getting a little bit of money for the site and just to add to your patreon thing um what i would say is that we should have two extra helpings this week if as you said this country mum life and death row okay we will be back next week uh, we we don't know what we'll discuss we might seek out uh, the resident which we mentioned yeah. before deep states from... maybe mm, I've got a feeling that you... I'll, I'll try if I find it if you find it I will watch it which is if you, the line if you build it I will come yeah yeah or at least let's like, <laughs> not <laughs> oh, well. that is it we will be back soon for another edition of this very thing, the Custard TV Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.